Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another spoiler review episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2, The Passenger. We're getting into it here. I am one of your hosts on uh, The Geek Buddies. I am John Roca. I am Michael Vogel. And this is Shannon McClung. <laughs> do we have to do the thing before the review? Or do you, we do don't we have to. to. Okay, other always, the main show, I we thought. Just, okay. We just always have. Okay. And, and, and it doesn't hey, seem man. like what you're doing is a conscious choice. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just live your life, man. You do what you hey, want to do. Hey, man. <laughs> Hey man, hey I'm man. just I'm just eating frog eggs over here, man. I'm just living my life, dog. That's just uh, like your opinion, man. <laughs> anyway, we are the Geek Buddies, and thank you all so much for joining us again for another spoiler review. I want to say that a hundred times spoiler review. Uh, some people were complaining that I didn't say that off the bat in the first episode, so I want to address that and say it right <laughs> off the bat in case anybody has hey. any issues about it. I'm gonna put it in the title, but in case you didn't read the title and just click play, click play, oh. it's spoiler. I think we did do it right this time. You say the spoiler review before mm. you read the synopsis of what happened in the episode. I think we're good. Yeah, I mean, we did right. it. Because I put in the title. I figure that's enough people <laughs> read, right? So anyway. And, uh, and, I think, and I think last time we actually got the intro right, but we didn't say spoilers right mm. off the top. So one of these Guys, days, PB&J, it's coming together. I think, I think by the season two finale, we'll have this all ironed <laughs> up. You guys don't need to worry about it. It's fine. We're good it's to totally go. Cool. It's totally cool. All the branding you need. Ta-da! Anyway, all right, so we're going to get into this uh, episode here. We are going to have some spoiler situations going on to talk about all the stuff that happened. I don't know if there's that much to spoil, but there certainly are Easter eggs to discuss and some things to have conversations about spoiler-wise that could end up paying dividends down the road uh, in this season in particular, judging from some of the scenes we saw in the trailer for this season uh, for sure. So let's get into it. Just a quick synopsis, uh, basically, of this particular episode it's basically the Mandalorian ferrying a frog lady uh, across uh, the galaxy 
to uh, find another Mandalorian that her husband says she knows. Um, unfortunately, they have to crash land after they encounter some X-Wings, and it leads to some crazy alien-type stuff going on on an ice planet. An unnamed ice planet. It wasn't Hoth, uh, and it wasn't Ilum, so an unnamed uh, ice planet. Actually, is a named ice planet, though. Okay, uh, I, looked, I looked it up, and it, okay. is, okay. Actually, it is actually Maldo uh, Crace, which is the episode uh the planet from the very first episode of mandalorian oh, apparently oh so the same planet same planet uh, that he went to go sands yeah. yep where they so where they picked up uh ex snl alum horatio sands mm-hmm. uh is also where he crash landed according to uh what i read online so okay. yeah not well, not named in the show not named in the show definitely not hoth definitely not ilum okay. um but that is apparently what it is which i thought was kind of neat I appreciate you clarifying that, Michael. Lord knows I don't want to make any more mistakes on Mandalorian reviews. Uh, let's uh, let's get into. Hey, just stick with me and just stick with me and Shannon. We'll uh, we'll lead you along fine. Oh, will you? Oh, will you? All right, let's get into it. Uh, what did you think about this? In a sense, it felt like another kind of creature of the week episode, but also we got a little bit more of the of uh, the the child or aka baby Yoda being a little more precocious that maybe some of us might enjoy seeing and being. We get new species. We get a frog lady. And remember, this is directed by Peyton Reed, so we get an oversized ant uh, for absolutely no reason, but some fun uh, uh, wink and nod to Peyton Reed. We get Dave Filoni as an X-Wing fighter, so so coming back to reprise that character. So, so much happening here. What would you guys think? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think, like you said, this was kind of like a stepping stone episode. After last week's episode, I... I really wanted more of like, all right, what's going to happen? But this this was probably just a setup episode for what's going to happen down the line. I thought mm-hmm. action wise, it was it was awesome. I mean, getting right. to see Mando take on those you know those other kind of marauder bounty hunter guys trying to steal the child. A fantastic uh, comedic action bit using the jetpack to launch that little guy into mm-hmm. the stratosphere. And um, I, I thought we had a really fun, really fun chase. I mean, somewhat reminiscent of uh, of the Death Star that you've got the Razor Crest with two X wings going down into those trenches. And yeah, I mean, overall, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. I think story wise, I think we all would have liked a little bit more, a little bit more progression. Yeah. But it's a uh, you know, it's a it's a season. It, you know, it's, yeah. they, they're telling a season long story. Michael uh, Chandler brings up a good point. We didn't return to the possible Boba. I know I'm one of the few people who. Do not sure that it's Boba. Uh, we didn't return too much to. Uh, we immediately picking up right where we left off. So there wasn't like sometimes last season we jumped to a whole new uh, other adventure, a whole new other time. You know, a time had, had gone past. This one immediately picks up right where we left off. We get him fighting these other uh, supposed bounty hunters, uh, and just to show how much more prowess he has as a fighter. And then we're into the main story. So, uh, what did you feel about this? Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I think that. I think that it's going to infuriate the fans that yeah. want to know about the Mandalorians and about Ahsoka and what's going to happen and what's going on with the Darksaber and all the things that Star Wars fans love to uh, obsess about. And I don't mean that in a bad way because the three of us obsess about those things too. Um, I think it's great that Filoni and Favreau are doing the thing they want to do. We know from mm-hmm. season one that they are not in any rush. We also yeah. know from season one that at the end of the day they stuck the landing. Mm-hmm. So they are very clearly wanting to tell these sort of fun 
episode of the week kind of stories. And I think that once you just sort of accept that and go, that's what this show is, Mm -hmm. it is 40 minutes in the Star Wars universe and it is a blast. Uh, So I thought thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was really cool. Um, I think, you know, tons of really great Easter eggs that we can go through and talk about. But like like you Mm -hmm. said, we open up with the bounty hunters so we know that people are still hunting the child, that that is still a thing that's out there in the universe that exists. Um, We are a little bit more serialized, like Johnny said, as far as like we we are picking up right where we left off and as opposed to last season where he just randomly was on a new planet uh, yeah. week to week or on a new mission. We know exactly why he's going to this planet, what his thing is, like the sort of the thread of finding more Mandalorians is still very much present. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually what I thought was neat is kind of the one episode last season that didn't get a big payoff in the season finale, which was the prisoner episode, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really synced up a lot in this episode, mm-hmm. not just with the fact that the X-Wing fighters uh, kind of found him and recognized the Razor Crest from that prison break, where Dave right. Filoni showed up at the end of the episode as, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Trapper Wolf. Wolf, Wolf, Wolf Trapper. Wolf is it Trapper Wolf or, or Wolf Trapper? Wolf. I think it it's Trapper Wolf. Might be Trapper um, Which is just a great fucking name. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, but we also got a Q90 or Zero, the droid from the Prisoner right. episode. Uh, Frog Lady used him to communicate. So lots of sort of references back to that episode. So uh, we'll see if that episode pays off in bigger ways moving in, if any of the other characters from that episode will show up. But I thought that was yeah. kind of some nice little connections. And it just shows that, you know, Favreau and Filoni and their team are not like flying blind. They're not doing right. random episodes of the week because they don't have a plan. Like they've right. clearly got a plan. Everything is weaving together really nicely. Maybe just not as quickly as everybody wants. And then mm-hmm. uh, fucking, you know, who doesn't want to see Baby Yoda Frog Lady and Mando, uh, and Mando versus uh, an alien queen and her alien babies. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. definitely a lot of alien vibes in the episode. Uh, the unnamed aliens uh, very much look like a, some Rolf Macquarie concept art from Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. uh, which also inspired Dave Filoni to create the Krikna uh, in Star Wars Rebels that kind of terrorized uh, uh, Kanan and the crew of the Ghost pretty much in exactly the same way that they terrorized Mando and the, ga- and the gang this right. week. So lots of Star Wars goodness. Uh, I was super into it. I had a blast. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The uh, the art is from Ralph Accord and Empire Strikes Back. It's a spider queen was depicted laying eggs on Dagobah as Luke Skywalker looked on. It was known as the Nobby White Spider. Didn't actually make it into the movie, so but it did eventually appear in Legends, apparently, in the novel Darksaber by Kevin J. Anderson. Kind of interesting to see that crossover, considering we saw Darksaber in the season finale last year uh, for uh, season one. So very interesting stuff going on there. Yeah, you got an alien and aliens vibe from watching uh, this as well. There's a little bit of Blade Runner vibe to me as well. The way he's looking, the way the eggs were moving up and down is very similar to what you see uh, when Roy Batty is down there looking at where the eyes are. Are in that frozen part of in that frozen room there in Blade Runner, so a lot of sci-fi references. But I was really surprised by Peyton Reed dialing into the horror as well as he did. We haven't really seen him do much horror as a director. And Favreau, and I'm not—I don't think Favreau has any experience. I'm, not, I'm sorry, any uh, anything on his resume that necessarily would lean its way towards horror. But I think they did a great job with these horror elements within Star Wars, showing yet another color of what is possible in Star Wars uh, with the characters that we see here on on a show like The Mandalorian. Yeah, Yeah. I think, like, you know what I thought, like, halfway through this episode, just along those lines, and I Mm. think that this is what 
has made me enjoy the ride on Mandalorian so much is my experience with Star Wars growing up was loving the movies, obviously, but then like every kid in the world getting the toys and setting the toys up and having your own Star Wars adventures. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just feels each week like these guys are just getting to set up the coolest toys in the world and giving us the coolest Star Wars adventure. You know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, we crash landed. The X-Wings were chasing us. We had to like land on this ice planet. But then we went down this tunnel and there was like these eggs and then the monster chased us and the X-Wings, like, it just is very much the fun uh, adventure vibe that you go for that sometimes mm-hmm. <clears throat> Rise of Skywalker, you get so bogged down <laughs> in all of your uh, in all of the backstory and who's related to who and all the references that you kind of lose the fun to some mm-hmm. people. Um, and I think that Mandalorian, this episode particularly, yeah, light on light on some of the answers that we're all waiting to find out about, but heavy mm-hmm. on the fun. Yeah. Shannon? Yeah, and uh, it, Peyton, he made a couple of interesting choices that, that I'm curious, were they his choices or were they Favreau's choices, um, where it's almost like, it was, it was almost like a commercial commercial break being built in. Like mm-hmm. when the Razor Crest falls to its, you know, ultimate, you know, position on, on the ice planet, and it goes to black. Yeah, that and was then interesting. It, and, it, and then it comes back, and I'm kind of like... I. Are you doing that to indicate a passage of time? To right. me, that was sort of a, that was a strange choice. I'm like, I don't like we we get it. Like they got their bell rung. I don't know why you didn't just have them sit there for a second and have Mando wake up. Yeah. Um, but I again, I I can't, I can't overstate how much I did enjoy the action of it and the tension of it. I mean, as as the child is walking amongst those, like. I, I wasn't sure if they were eggs. I'm like, are these some sort of stones? Right. But then when he opens one up and pops one in his mouth, which oh, I, think, I think his diet is really going to get cause some problems uh, yeah. for, for Mando going forward. Well, I think- that is a hungry baby. <laughs> it is a hungry baby. You got to feed a hungry baby. And that's the thing that this this is the first episode where I felt like Baby Yoda or the child was a little bit annoying. Like, hey, you know, calm down, stop. Because I mean, all this happened because Homie was uh, messing around with the eggs and all, and then you know uh, went ahead and tried to get some spider eggs, and then all this madness happens with these spiders. If he doesn't, if he leaves those eggs alone, I think they're all fine. So I'm gonna put that on. I'm gonna put that on Frog yeah. Lady's flipper. That's Frog. I'm frog gonna put that lady, on Frog. She was yeah. just swimming in the water, taking care of her young. She shouldn't yeah, have wandered she, off. She didn't. Oh. tell him. <laughs> she should. She should have told him. Especially since he's already oh. said, like, "Hey, man, the deal's off. Like, we're gonna be lucky if we get yeah. off this planet alive." All if right, she so. had just, if she had walked over to Mando and said, "Ah, ah, ah." Then it would have been fine. It wouldn't have been fine because he can't understand her. He said multiple times he doesn't understand what the hell she's saying. But I take <laughs> your point. But I mean, just like Mando's taking care of that child, she has her child to take care, children to well, take care of. And uh, technically, and so the uh, technically the alien queen is also taking care of her. Yeah, a lot of taking true. care. There's definitely a theme of taking care of your children in this episode. <laughs> and, um, and where so, lead as well. That's for sure. And, and and none of them are really doing a good job. Yeah, that's a fair point. I want to throw something out there. If you, oh, good, Mike. What were you we gonna say? No, I was just gonna kind of like uh, back to your original point. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I I find Baby Yoda to be delightful always, and I think a lot of people felt that in last week's episode there was a lack of Baby Yoda uh, yeah. and I think they sort of more than made up for it this week because we got Baby Yoda all the time so I didn't find him annoying I do find I do think that it was an interesting choice to have him eat like you're like oh you're eating babies like yeah like to set up to set up the, her babies as being the most important thing in her life 
Yeah. Uh, she and her husband have made sacrifices. She like lays it down to Mando. Like yeah. we've got to do this. Like we've got to get there. Like this is this is everything. And meanwhile, like Baby Yoda's just popping those things like uh, yeah. like like it's like uh, M and M's. I was like I was like oh, I feel a little bit weird about this, but I actually like that. I actually like that. Um, yeah. In kind of in the same vein as we saw Baby Yoda force joke force joke force choke Cara Dune uh, back in season one that like he is a baby like he's not this angelic kid who's always doing everything right. I like that he sort of is the cause of trouble sometimes. I oh, like the fact that he's a little bit more uh, nuanced than you... the. Good. No, I just I just I just like that I like that he's sort of this imperfect character that can cause trouble as much as he can yeah. look adorable. So you you you're, you're saying you like the character you don't necessarily like what he's doing. Yeah, I love the character. I mean, like, I think okay. that it was great. I, like, let me put it this way: the way in it's the, constructed, in, yeah, yeah. In the in the in the means of like just construction, I think it's great that there was like tension all around. Like, yeah. Mando is stressing because right. Baby Yoda's eating these eggs, and if the Frog Lady finds out, probably she's going to be upset. But then Frog Lady goes off. Then Baby Yoda eats some more eggs. Then the spider. Like, there's just it was just things piling up on each other, and it wasn't. Uh, coincidental and the reason that things happen were all very clearly character based you know yeah, it's not like yeah. it's not like you had to justify why did frog lady go off like she was cold she found yeah. a hot spring baby yeah. yoda is hungry they can always go back to this well like he we've seen him eat a frog we've seen him eat frog eggs we've seen him eat mm. face huggers so uh so yeah. we're good to go <laughs> and, and, and <laughs> or spider hasn't been the the cause of trouble yet i mean I, I think i think there's a danger with that that's a very easy thing to go to the well to like all oh, the kid the kid has gotten us into a into a tight fix again right. um you know he is doing things i do think mike is right because I, I personally didn't like the choice but mike is right like he's he's a kid like there yeah. there's no there's no malice behind it kids stick things in their mouth well, well many, sure accidentally killed a frog or a lizard because they don't right. you know they haven't conceptualized what life and death means yet right well that's the new spank them and that's usually how you discipline children i mean in my opinion and see you guys are <laughs> you guys are running a little too a little too soft on baby yoda a little more discipline and a little less he gets to do whatever he wants and it's cute uh, i think uh, amanda is not a good parent at this point in my opinion but he Fully is protective agree. he is Fully protective agree. But he's not teaching them the ways. Of the and also, he's witnessing Mando do some stuff. Like, Mando shrugged there after he used the jetpack to kill that Jawa, that random Jawa. Uh, and then give that's him the shrug. That's not a Jawa. Give him the shrug. You don't think that's a Jawa? What do you that's think not, that is? That's, 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 a, that's definitely one, not a Jawa. That's one of the, it's the same race as one of the creatures that Ray meets on Jakku in Force Awakens. Oh, Awaken. okay. All right. Um, I don't, I don't, well, I don't he was bargaining with him like a Jawa, so in my mind, I thought it was a Jawa, and the sound that it was making sounded very similar to a Jawa. But um, it was actually speaking Hutties, which uh, mm. is the plain language Ooh. of the Huts. Well, that's a good reference you make here. This is interesting because we've we're now seeing that reference of the Hutties. Does this mean are we are we prefacing the possibility of a Hut coming forward in the Mandalorian at some point? One of his exploits. I would love to see it. What do you guys think? Oh, I, I would. I always love seeing the huts. I think mm -hmm. they're super funny and weird and interesting. I don't know that we're we're setting up seeing the huts. I think that most uh I think most people uh or aliens or creatures that work within the underworld, I kind of get the vibe that Huttese is kind of the language that most mm -hmm. of them use because the Huttese kind of run the underworld. Right. And having, you know, although Jabba has been uh, out of commission for at least five years, like these guys at the beginning, clearly bounty hunters, clearly mm -hmm. underworld guys. It's also the reason that Mando can probably speak uh, Huttese. But right. like all that being said, if these guys want to go full Huttese, like we got to go deal with the Huts, I would be 
thrilled because I, you know, even, um, is it zero or like what, uh, the one hut that they introduced first in clone wars. The yeah. Knucklehead. yeah. The knucklehead. Yeah. The hut. He, uh, with, with his sort of, with his sort of like gay Southern drawl, I was like, Oh, what is this going to be? But they even actually turned him into an interesting character. Like the huts in clone wars are fascinating to me. So I'd be super yeah. down for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, some, uh, uh did we, what, at, at, by the end, you know, you know, they escaped these spiders. They're saved by the two, uh, the two, uh, rebel, uh, uh, rebel X-wing, uh, fighters there. What do they call now? The new Republic now at this stage? Yeah, Where are they? They're right the new now? Republic. So the new Republic X-wing fighters there. Um, and of course that's the gentleman. What's that uh, show? Kim's convenience. Is that what he's from? Is that the show? Yeah. Paul Sun Hyung Lee. Yeah, Paul Sun Hyun Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, plays. Uh, let's see, it's, Captain it's, Carson Teva. Yeah, Teva. Yeah. Uh, Which I'm yeah. really glad they got an actor this time versus when all three directors hopped into the X-wings Oof. in the first season. Yeah, I think, that was like, kind of rough. Yeah. Give Give the actor the bulk of the lines. Yeah. He's yeah. He's gonna do it better. You don't see the actor taking the camera and going, "I'm just gonna direct this whole episode." So yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. Another another Easter egg I want to get you guys thoughts on because the timing of this episode coming out with the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special trailer coming out, uh, a tree of the mercenaries that ambush Mando includes a Nikto, which is a race that hails from the planet Kintan, which is also located in Hut space. Another reference. To the possibility of the huts. Um, and the first, uh, Nick, the Nictos first appeared in the Star Wars holiday special before making their big screen debut in Return of the Jedi, and of course became more popular in the Clone Wars. So, is this like a double thing where they're laying more groundwork about the possibility of huts, but also giving you a little wink and a nod to the Star Wars holiday special uh, coming out here uh, in the next few days? I, mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a wink and nod to the holiday special. I think they, I think they have X number of alien species that they mm-hmm. like to use, mm-hmm. and some of them get used again and again. I don't, okay. I don't think it's so much a nod. Well, okay. I think also it is. I mean, I think that there are, and Filoni's really good at this on Clone Wars, and I think they're continuing to do this as well. Kind of like what I was saying, like there are a lot of alien species that are tied to. Mm-hmm. They work in the underworld. They work for the huts. They are from hut space. And so anytime you're dealing with bounty hunters, anytime you're dealing with that underbelly, like there's yeah. a certain group of aliens that you can go to that are your underworld gangster aliens versus mm-hmm. if you are in um, the core worlds like Coruscant or some of those places, there's going to be aliens that are more native to that. There's aliens that are native to the outer rim. So I do think there is sort of like these charts and graphs of like, and, and I think Filoni probably knows it all by heart at this right. point. And has defined a lot of it, but I think that, you know, that's one of the little things that they do uh, that I think makes Star Star Wars feel uh, legit. That we might not know, uh, I mean, we do because we're saying them, but a lot of people might not (laughs) know the name of every alien or where they hail from or wherever. But there is a level of consistency that even if you don't know it, like, you can point it all out, it sort of Mm -hmm. makes it feel more legit than if every week it was just, oh, here's this, let's use a random alien from this episode and, like, just drop them in. I saw some people getting frustrated that we went back to Moss Eisley in the cantina. Is this... Are we not allowed to go back? Have we gone to Moss Eisley too many times? I, I don't understand the frustration. I I disagree with that. Okay. I I think I think there's a danger uh, that of like you know we're like okay it's the Moss Eisley Cantina it's the famous cantina from Star mm-hmm. Wars you go there over and over I don't feel too bad about it in this sense in that 
Like, this is where, like, apparently, based on the map from last week, there's basically Moss Espa, Moss Isley, mm-hmm. and Moss Pelgo, uh, yeah. which is tiny. And so I don't know that, the, I don't think Moss Isley is big enough that there is a, uh, I don't think they've got a Chili's, they don't have a TGI Fridays, they don't have an Olive Garden, they've got the Cantina. Um, so I kind of like that we go there. Uh, and I also like, I mean, I think this is from season one as well, but I also like that, uh, I believe it's, uh, K99 or K99, the droid that was from Return of the Jedi is the bartender yes. uh, at this point, especially because when we were in Maz Eisley in A New Hope, they were very clearly a, uh, no droids allowed bar. So mm-hmm. I like that, uh, you know, equality has been working <laughs> on Maz Eisley. The droid rights movement is yes. moving forward. It's working well. It's working um, well. so I think that's crazy. Yeah, I don't mind it. Again, I think that... We we should use Maz Eisley sparingly. Like if they went back to Maz Eisley t- two more times in the remaining six episodes, at, at a certain point you'd be like, I don't need to see right. the cantina anymore. But so far I think it's okay. Yeah. And there was one thing on Moss Eisley that uh, w- was a fun sort of Easter egg. If you, if any of our listeners have been to Galaxy's Edge, when they're using the pod racing engine to barbecue the dragon meat, they actually have a, a similar setup on Batuu, which is the planet that Galaxy's Edge is found on out at Disney, where they have they have a yeah. giant engine that is barbecuing this uh, uh, meat that's on a spit. And I was like, right. oh, is, that's, that's fun. It is at the Ronto Roaster. There you go. <laughs> and she, you uh, know, and she references yeah, the Rodians at that in that yep. uh, scene as well, which of course is the Greedo reference Greedo. there. They like the, so yeah, they like their meat well done. The Rodians, yeah. and she hates maggots. Make it clear, she hates maggots. <laughs> I think she's delightful. I, the more oh, that I we see of. The, the more we see of Pelimato, uh, the more I'm into her as a character. I And, and the fact that uh, she irks Shannon as much as she does is just icing on the cake. I, I don't understand what she's... I mean, like, I love... I think she's great. And she's the much-needed humor that you usually see in the animated series come in live action. And so I enjoy seeing her kind of throw the rhythm off a little bit because it doesn't affect the stakes or the seriousness of the episodes. Lord knows we got into this insane horror sequence uh, with man spiders. All I thought of was why did it have to be spiders? Like, man, snakes? <laughs> like I really, as soon as it showed up, I was like, ah, like the, the, the scene in the Lord of the Rings with that, uh, Globula, whatever the hell the name of that spider is. Shelob. I, Shelob. That's I, I, although did you shit. just, did you just say Globulob? Well, yeah, because Globulob, I really think I that's a great name for a spider. <laughs> <laughs> it's as logical as Shelob. I'll tell you it's, that. It's Globulob. <laughs> <laughs> Are spiders up there with AI and primates for you? Spiders are beyond everything. Spiders are beyond everything. Like I even now, just saying the word, I'm rubbing my hands. My mother said this to me the other day. She's like, I saw you rubbing your hands talking about something on a show. And usually it's when I'm rubbing my hands like this, is I'm trying to keep my impulse to destroy like the spider things around me. I just I, I if I see spiders, like I immediately take a hammer or a brick or a mallet and just kill this thing, whatever's around me. It drives Lily nuts because she's a catch and release type person. But we have we've had occasional spiders here in the house, and uh, I just want to just smash it. And I had a horrible nightmare the other night that one bit me right on my mustache area of my lip, and I just went insane when I woke up. So I just have a thing about spiders this when it showed up here. This is yeah, a lot of new information. I apologize. It was well done. The suction of the like, how would you think of the designs? Did you like the way they did that design? The teeth within teeth. That oh yeah. Thing? Kind of referencing yeah. a little Sarlacc situation. What do you guys think of it? Yeah, I was I was waiting for it to start to rotate to to you know. Oh yeah, you know, like 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 the 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 tool that a thief uses to take out like a circular <laughs> section of glass. Um, yeah, the, the design, the effects, everything that they are doing. Again, yeah. uh, I think that two episodes in, this has been in an effects heavy show. The two episodes in are even more effects heavy, and they're fantastic and. I know at the beginning of the first season, 
especially the speeder bike sequence in episode five, I was a little like, eh, it's it's starting to look a little TV budgety. Right. Um, those concerns are 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 well and gone with this okay. season. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. No, are we gonna? No, I, I, I don't have anything in front of me right now. So please, what are we gonna bring? Yeah. Up? No, I was just gonna say. I mean, like, so as much as like there wasn't a ton of uh, lore to dive into in this episode. Uh, you know, like we mentioned early on, like we do know that bounty hunters are still after the child. So I think right. that that is going to pay off, whether that is uh, be Moff Gideon is sending people out or whatever. Like, it's, I think that that's just an element to know that he still is in that constant danger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the references, uh, you know, the New Republic coming in, kind of giving him a pass, kind of like we now know from last season that they right. like, that we, they know that we know you were there, but we also looked at the footage and we know you kind of did better for us than worse for us. So he's kind yeah. of on... Uh, uh, a solid keel with the New Republic, which I think giving, is right. giving giving him a pass, but also kind of like you got yourself into this situation. We're gonna we're gonna let you get yourself out of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I and I will say, you know, the other thing. Uh, well, really quickly on this front, and then I have another thought. But like, uh, so we know that, and we do know that he's going to Trask next, and we've seen Frog mm-hmm. Lady with her egg pack uh, on the boat. So we know that this planet is. Not Camino, uh, yeah. not Mountala, but is apparently a planet called Trask. And yeah. that's where we're going to be next season. And based on the trailer, that is where we're going to start meeting some of these new characters that we've been uh, really curious about. So I do think we're going to pick up some of that story next week, which I think is going to be really uh, interesting. Yeah, I agree. So I think I think we've got, uh, this was kind of a nice break, a nice breather, a nice like, hey, if you miss Baby Yoda, here is a whole lot of Baby Yoda to enjoy, uh, which right. I did. Um, yeah, and we got a, like a fun little horror sequence in Star Wars, which yeah. you know, all in all, it was good, and uh, we'll pick things back up next week and see where we go. Yep, and that prison is a reference, some Bothan reference involved in that prison, so that could be something yep. maybe down the road. So there's enough to pay off here. What did you guys think about him, real quickly? What did you think about him saying, uh, "May the Force be with you"? You know, d- didn't he say that he didn't know about Jedi or didn't believe it? What did he say about Jedi? So how would he know? May the Force be with you. Do you think it's just something he heard? And uh, uh, like Mike's ice in his glass, do you think it's something he heard and just repeated, uh, you know, because of uh, of just kind of, you know, being how to, knowing how to handle the universe when he's around? It? That that stood out to me as well, John. Mm-hmm. I do remember when they were talking about, you know, the this race of uh, this race of uh, sorcerers that can move yeah. objects with their minds. Um, but having a knowledge, at least of the phrase mm-hmm. um, to know like this is something that people say to each other when they're kind of like bidding each other farewell. Right. Um, it's, it stood out to me, but, I, but I'm choosing to believe what you, uh, what you opined just a second ago is like, this is just something he knows. He, he knows to say to folks. He knows how to yeah. curry favor with them. Yeah. Even in, even in episode four, where you have Han saying that the Jedi is just a hokey religion or it's right. all smoke and mirrors, you still, when you get to the rebel base on Yavin, when they all take off to go fight the Death Star, you still get a may the force be with you. Mm-hmm. So I do kind of feel like this might just be a thing that people say. That being said, mm-hmm. that's just my conjecture. That's kind of my excuse for why he might know it. Yeah. Um, what I hope, and maybe it won't be, and maybe this will just be one of those unanswered things, although I'm sure Filoni will come out and explain it, his thinking behind it on some point. Mm-hmm. I actually would love... It, it, it does kind of stand out. Uh, it's so specific that he was so in the dark about Jedi. We do know that we are going to get one of our favorite Jedi slash non-Jedi coming up soon at some point. Yeah. That if, they di- if that did pay off, that the idea of he's like, well, I didn't even know what the Force was. I thought that was just something people said. Like, if, yeah. if we do get that in later episodes and the reason they dropped it in here... 
was so that they could kind of have him be like, oh, is that what that is? Like, is that right. what he's doing? I had no idea that's what force meant. I thought that was just like saying, peace be with you. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> and, if they, and, if, and if they do pay that off, I think that'll be really, really cool, actually. Yeah. Um, it'll be fascinating. I, I, I don't know if we're going to get much with Dr. Mandible, uh, the ant there. I think that was just a fun little <laughs> Ant-Man reference. Uh, but she did play the Idiot's Array, which is, of course, uh, uh, something you saw in, in a Solo. Uh, they're playing Sabak, and so does that have something to do with something? I don't know. I don't think it has anything. I think like it's just a reference. Idea. I'll just tell you what. I want yeah. somebody to explain to me how to play Sabak. Like, I <laughs> no. I love it. I love the cards. I think they look cool. I know yeah. that somebody somewhere out in the universe, I'm sure that if I just Googled this, I could look it up. I want a, I, I, I am not a poker guy. I don't mm -hmm. really like playing cards. I would get a Sabak deck, and I would play it. I need to know... How I want to I want to I want to lay the right? I want to lay the idiots array down and be like yeah. boom yeah give me the falcon they, yeah they absolutely have to have those card sets right I mean I think so of course I, they I would have to think so um, um, one, thing, one thing I wanted to add was yeah. just what the show has been so successful at doing and and I think uh, uh, so vital for fans mm -hmm. is you you hear these announcements of of certain characters coming coming back like Ahsoka like Bo Katan. And your mind, you're you're able to start uh, just theorizing about what's going to happen, and, right. and I think it just gets us excited. You hear about this new Mandalorian Coven that he's trying to find. Is Bo-Katan part of that? If when he runs into Ahsoka, you know the child species is not a well-known species, but she knew Yoda, right. so she's going to recognize him. Like the 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 possibilities of where the story is going to go is just so it's just so joyous as a fan and yeah. you know what 99 percent of them might be wrong and right. that's okay right. but you get to again it, it just puts you back in, in that mind frame of when you were when you were first discovering yeah. these yeah. films and this universe and it's just yeah. really exciting well, it's like we said like look i've been wrong at least twice now like you know oh this isn't hoff this isn't ilum it's this it's uh i wrote it down like uh mon yeah. maldo christ like you know yeah. our Christ. Uh, oh, is this is this uh, Camino? Is this uh, Moncala? No, apparently it's a place called Trask. Like, I don't mind being wrong as long as I'm entertained. And so far, I've been really entertained. Like, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm happy to theorize and come up with theories and what my fan canon would be and like be like I, like I'm all about that. And as long as they keep delivering great story, that actually each week adds to mythology. They're adding planets, yeah. they're adding yeah. aliens, they're adding creatures, they're adding all these new elements. Like, yeah. I think they're doing such a great job of building out uh, this era of Star Wars, and right. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, me too. I think it's great, and uh, them coming back, and, and look, we did get spe new species with those spiders for something we haven't really seen before. Like, we said the Macquarie are, but they weren't used, uh, and then we see the frog lady. We'd never seen that species before, and of course, uh, uh, the Dr. Mandible. We don't even know what species that is, the overgrown ant. So we did get some new species in this, but not quite the same magical what? way they introduced new ones. Yeah. But like, but along those lines, one thing, to Shannon's point about like the really great effects. Uh, yeah. Frog Lady is obviously a lady in a 
frog suit. But when they were right. all running from the spiders, oh, yeah. uh, when they're all running from the spiders and she sort of got down on all fours and started hopping and they kind of like added those effects in there yeah. uh, or her just using her tongue to like eat her food or grab her robe. Like there's a bunch of little things in there that normally on a TV budget you don't do because right. you know, all of those things like there's effects involved, there's CG involved, there's lots of yeah. things, but going that extra mile to make these aliens feel even more real to us in those ways. Like that's, what's really setting the show apart in a way too. Like yeah. everything they do is really, it's bringing star Wars to life in the way that Filoni did in the animated sense in clone wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that he and Favreau are just like kind of nailing here. Um, along those lines, another thing that I wanted to give a shout out to in general, mm-hmm. uh, is the, is the razor crest is his ship. Yeah. Um, I having worked in the toy industry for a few years, uh, every time you ever create an action show, every time you ever have any action series that you're doing, any movie that's coming out, uh, toy companies will always say, what is our Millennium Falcon? There's two, the Millennium right. Falcon or the Batmobile are apparently the two highest selling vehicles in toy history of all time. Wow. And they're always like, how do we make them? We need our Millennium Falcon. We need our Millennium Falcon. And one of the keys that you, and they all not this is speaking broadly of toy people, but toy people always want their ship or their vehicle or whatever to be the coolest vehicle ever. Right. And the thing about the Millennium Falcon that makes it the coolest vehicle in history is that it's not the coolest vehicle ever. It kind of breaks down all the time. It's been mm-hmm. cobbled together. Like we see the Millennium Falcon in some pretty rough spots. It's a bucket and of bolts. I, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a bucket of bolts. And uh, with the Razor Crest, I mean, through season one and season two, I I found myself in this episode uh, really kind of like caring about his ship in a way that I don't always care about shit. Like, like I love this ship. I love the setup of it. Mm-hmm. I love the cockpit up top. I love coming down. Like when the, when the hole was ripped in the side and the spider yeah. was on top, like I was actually concerned. And like the, the, the final shot of this episode being them in that cockpit crammed together with yeah. the back flap of the ship just like flapping in space <laughs> like it is the most rundown piece of junk it, it's it's yeah. just one more example of this universe not being pretty and perfect yeah. and his ship is the baddest ship in the galaxy because he's the biggest badass like he is f- fucking hobbling to this planet yeah uh and i think that's just like that is just an that also shows that this creative team has an understanding, not just of Star Wars, which is this really lived in kind of like bucket of bolts kind of universe Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, but also an understanding of what makes fans fall in love with characters, with creatures, with vehicles, with everything. Like every single aspect of this show, we are obsessing over all of it and uh, Mm -hmm. wanting to know more about it, wanting to know more about these alien spiders, wanting to know more about which planets we're on, like wanting to like see a blueprint of the razor crest. And so that they're really just like, like we said last week, like we said this week, they are nailing that idea that star Wars is supposed to make you feel like a kid again. And absolutely. They are. Yeah. And if you're going to follow up uh, slave one, you got to come up with something really good and razor's crest does that. So it's great to see. So, all right, well, that's our uh, spoiler filled review. You know, it was a lot to spoil, but you know, there wasn't much, to spoil, but we did spoil some things. So spoiler filled review of uh, episode two. Could you chomp louder? Is that possible? You know, you're chomping into the mic. Mike. First time having a mic in your mouth? What's wrong? Anyway. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. Here's what I was going to say. I put, here's what happened. I swallowed the ice, and then I realized as soon as I did it that I have made an error in judgment. And I was going to try and hold it until you got done talking, but it was getting really cold, and I needed to chew it. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. Maybe they won't notice <laughs> that I'm chewing this ice into the microphone. Clearly, 
We did. It was noticed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That's that's the kind of reviews you get here on the Geek Buddies for sure. <laughs> Got a moment. A lot, you of, get. Lot, lot of texture. Absolutely. We wanted it to feel lived in. We wanted this. We wanted this review to feel lived in. A bucket of bolts review, if you will. Uh, season two, episode two, The Passenger. That's our spoiler-filled uh, review, chapter 10 of The Mandalorian. Um, let us – oh, well, actually, I'd let my uh, two co-hosts here take a, take it. A, Shannon, uh, what do we got to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel. I, I forgot how to do that for a second. Yeah. It's at MK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at the Roca Says. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Vogel. Uh, uh, and if you're tuning in for this uh, Mandalorian review and you haven't checked out our other stuff, please check out the Outlaws page. Check out our weekly Geek Buddies episodes. Uh, check out our other Mandalorian review. Uh, definitely hit the like button. Subscribe to the Outlaw page. Tons of awesome geeky content um, with us and also with him and a ton of other amazing people. Uh, definitely leave some comments below on the YouTube. We had a spirited discussion last week about we several did. things in uh, Chapter 1. Don't know that we have as much to talk about this week in Chapter 2, but hey... Let us know what you thought about it. Let us yeah. know what you think about chomping on ice in a review. Whatever you want to do, let's talk about it <laughs> down below. Uh, and if you're listening to this on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, definitely rate rate us there. Give us some stars. Give us a comment. It helps us go up in the rankings. And the best thing that you can do is share this review, post it on Twitter, retweet it on Twitter, post it on your Facebook page, send it to your friends. Be like, hey, these guys are covering all kinds of crazy shit about Mandalorian. What do you think about it? Uh, so that we can just keep this conversation getting bigger and bigger. We're going to do every episode of Mandalorian weekly and uh, according to Disney Plus's schedule as soon as that's done we're going to dive right into WandaVision so yep, uh, yep. you are with us for the ride for the ride absolutely everything my two uh, uh, co-hosts said my two friends said absolutely follow us on everything comment below as much as possible we love the discussions and definitely share the episode as Mike said and subscribe to the channel there's more stuff coming from the Geek Buddies for sure. So get involved. And also subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, we have a podcast. Go and subscribe there and share that as well. All right. That's it from us. Much love to all of you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time with another a brand new spoiler-filled review of The Mandalorian from the Geek Buddies. Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.